Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Takeaways podcast here for Vegas Nation. It's Heidi Fang, your host, and today I'm joined by the Las Vegas Suns Raiders reporter, as well as all other sports with the Sun, Case Kiefer. He'll be joining me here. First, I want to make sure to tell everybody to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. And also, we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today, and we are presented to you on Blue Wire Podcast by Liquid Death. All right, Case, let's get into this. The good, the bad, the ugly, how this team moves on the Raiders lose to the Rams at SoFi Stadium you and I both played witness to this 13 point blown lead that they had losing to Baker Mayfield's Rams 17-16 again the final score this one just felt like an utter debacle in all phases except I think I'll give special teams a nod for uh, being able to do what they did and accomplish but aside from that light light glimmer of hope I think the rest of the team was really dragging in their case well now that you've had kind of time to let it all soak in. What were your thoughts on this one, the blown lead that they had at SoFi Stadium? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a sight to behold uh, losing this game. I just don't know. You know, it's still been four days since then now, and I still haven't quite wrapped my head around exactly how they blew this one. Um, in a season of blown leads and memorable collapses, I really felt like this was the worst one yet. Just given the situation, the Rams looked so bad for three and a half quarters. Um, the Raiders are hot, winning three straight. And then especially with some of the results we now see from Sunday, if, if they win this game to make it four straight, they're actually in a really good position for how bad uh, they started the season. And just to somehow squander all that, um, with just penalties, um, bad play calling. I, I just think there's so many uh, fingers you can point. Um, I, I know some Raiders fans are upset with some of the non-calls too, which I understand, but there's just so many opportunities uh, to lock up this game against a team that just had no life, like I said, for three and a half quarters. Uh, you pin them at the two-yard line inside the two-minute warning. They have to go 98 yards um, with no timeouts. It just seemed impossible to blow this game. I know uh, some of the win expectancy models had the Raiders like 98% to win, and to me that made sense. It, I'm sure you felt the same way being there. It just seemed like there was no way they could blow this, and yet uh, they found a way to do it. And I think it was uh, the worst loss of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, when it comes down to it, there were a lot of other things like mistakes, penalties, and all of that. But how much do you feel like Josh Jacobs exiting the game was a catalyst to what happened next? I and mean, although he did come back and he taped those fingers and made it work and all, but when he left, it kind of felt like there was a lull, like a dried out period in the offense where they just couldn't get things moving. Yeah, for sure. And I just think they were, you know, Josh Jacobs has had a terrific year and I'm not pinning any of this on his shoulders for sure. But even going into this game, I mean, he was so beaten up, already dealing with another injury in addition to that calf was limping real bad. And then, of course, gets hurt again uh, with the finger, it looked like. And you could tell I, I, you were down there. You might have had a better look than me, but I was uh, honed in on, on the binoculars when he came back on the field. And even as they were taping him up and throwing him some passes, he was grimacing. You could tell he was still hurt. I think that's kind of a failure on the coaching staff to still, you know, not really um, pivot away from that ultra conservative game plan where they were just pounding Jacobs. I mean, it, it really wasn't working that well, even to begin with. Then he gets hurt again. Um, and it still looked like the Raiders just wanted to run the clock, get out of there when, you know, I, I felt especially once he gets hurt, 
once you feel that lull, maybe you try something else, but uh, they didn't do it. I, I think they trusted their defense that they could get a couple stops. And as we've seen all year, this Raiders defense just isn't one to be trusted. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that was a, a failing in a, in a lot of areas. Uh, and you got to feel for Josh Jacobs who just put his team, put the team on his back so often this year. And I think his body's uh, finally feeling uh, the toll of that, especially on Thursday night. Yeah. And you saw Zamir come in. He, I think, ended up with three carries and nine yards. So not the most impressive effort out of him. Uh, you have Amir Abdullah come in, but I think they only used him once or twice on the actual route when they did bring him into the play. So overall, one of the things that's been kind of bothering me about this game is the number of uh, targets total to anybody on the field. Devonte was seven. I mean, seven targets, three receptions. And then you look down the list only Mac, I think, and um, Keelan had two receptions on the day. So it, it's like if you're not spreading out the football and the total, I think, was uh, 11 uh, completions on 20 attempts for Carr, like you said, an ultra conservative game plan, like the feeling to me was more that they were trying not to lose instead of trying to really win. A hundred percent. I think that's kind of become the consensus as we've all had a, a few days to uh, rust on this. And I, I get that it's easy to say in hindsight and look, like I said, there's plenty of blame to go around. This isn't letting Derek Carr off the hook, who I think was really pretty poor in his limited uh, opportunities. I believe this was the worst passer rating of his career, um, but he just didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to get into some rhythm or maybe make, you know, you can have a bad game and still make a play or two uh, to win the game. And I feel like he didn't get those opportunities back when they got the ball late. They still just kept uh, running Jacobs or like you said, went to Zamir White a little bit, but uh, I mean, Devonte Adams has been so incredible this year. Uh, seven targets even seems like a lot. It doesn't even seem like they threw to him that much. Uh, some of those were short routes yeah. that didn't get completed. I just really would have liked a little more creativity in trying to wrap up this game. I mean, Josh McDaniel said afterwards, we get one first down and we're all different in here. We're all talking. We're all happy. Um, but I feel like they didn't aggressively go after that first down enough. So I'm with you that the run pass split 38 to 20, especially with the run not working that well um, and the Rams rush defense being good. I just think they stuck to it uh, a little too much. Yeah, I would agree. If you had to also kind of take a look at the red zone, they're one for four in the red zone. What do you think this team needs to do to really become a solid, like just kind of offense that you were looking at? Oh, how do we stop him in the red zone? Because as of late, I believe in their last three, their red zone uh, conversions are just at 43%. So what does this team need to do? This has been something that has gone on and on and on for the Raiders where they've struggled in this area. And I think everyone thought Josh McDaniels was going to be the answer to that coming in as an offensive minded coach and a guru with what everybody had seen in uh, New England. So what do you think is your just thoughts on how this team can improve in the red zone? Yeah, it is crazy how this is just such a perennial problem. I mean, I know every year they've been here in Las Vegas, uh, it's been something we've talked about. And I know for you guys that go even further back and covered them in uh, Oakland, it was the same way. Um I mean, it's hard not to pin at some at the, the feet of Derek Carr right now. Clearly, uh, he's a guy that's not as comfortable in the red zone as, you, as you'd like from your quarterback. Uh, that might sound unfair, but I mean, it's been so many years now. Like I said, I will say if I remember correctly um, in training camp, a big part of what they were stressing in the red zone and why they thought they had it turned around and uh, what McDaniel's scheme was going to emphasize was getting the ball to Darren Waller. And of course, uh, we haven't seen Waller hardly at all this season, including not um, in the past 
what, seven games now uh, since he got hurt with the hamstring. Yeah. Uh, I do expect him back this week against the Patriots. Uh, so it'll be interested, interesting to see if he's back healthy and integrated into the game plan. Um, we're grasping at straws. It's been a problem for so long, but I'd like to see how they do in the red zone with Waller because I really do believe uh, they had planned for him to be a big part of that uh, part of the field going into the year. I agree. As we look at the next four games case, uh, what do you think would be the main focus here as they kind of go forward, especially into the new England game? If, of course, uh, master facing Padawan kind of theme to it. Right. But uh, just, I guess, would it be more trying to figure out things with the existing players that you have? Would it be trying to play some of the younger players that you have to get a look at them? What do you think? What approach just in terms of how the roster uh, looks game day in and game day out in the next four weeks? What do you think it would look like? Yeah, I mean, I know the players we have already heard from a couple after the game that said, uh, you know, we were in the same position last year. We had to win our last four games. We just have to do it again. I I think this one feels a little bit different than last year, just given uh, how tough the schedule it is. I know uh, the Raiders and Steelers the next two weeks aren't world beaters, but they both have really good defenses. And, you know, given the inconsistency of this offense, it's tough for me to see them winning both of those. And that, that's to speak nothing of the 49ers and Chiefs after that, who are, look like two of the best teams in the NFL. So while I'm sure the players are going to be giving the best effort, I just feel like it's not all that feasible that they're going to win all four of them. Um, and then, so then I think it falls back to something we've heard Josh McDaniel say a lot is that he wants to get guys looks. He wants to see who they can move forward with. Um, I feel like they've already done a lot of that in the second half of the season. I think they have a good idea of, you know, some of the guys they want back, some of the guys they might want to move on from, but I think that needs to be a focus again here uh, in the last four weeks. And to me, if you're looking for one position group, uh, especially, I just think we need to see some progress from the defensive backfield. I think that's going to be one thing they are going to be looking hard at in the off season. I just feel like their pass defense uh, has not been enough and and they haven't got it done up front with the exception of Max Crosby on the year as a whole either. But I just Mm -hmm. feel like in the modern day NFL, you've got to have a, a little more reinforcements at quarter at cornerback um, and even safety. We've seen Deron Harmon have a really good year, but uh, that's about it. So I, I really would like to see some strides in their past defense and deciding which of these young guys you can move forward with and uh, which ones you're going to be looking uh, elsewhere for help going into the off season. And let's take a quick break here as we hear from head coach Josh McDaniels on the Raiders plan as they move ahead to their next few games. I used to work there and, you know, we have a couple of players that used to be there and a couple of coaches. But I mean, this is this is an important game for the Raiders, you know, whether we were playing the Patriots or any other team. So I don't I don't really put any stock into the different things. You guys are going to have a hard time finding me the next couple of days. So <laughs> it is what it is. You guys all set? Good to go. You you, uh, you did mention, you know, that was a, a, a loss that you guys had an opportunity in front of you. You thought, you know, from 58 minutes, it looked like you were going to win it. And the, the playoff percentages are obviously very impacted by it. You're still alive, but greatly impacted. How much are you worried about the mindset of, like, there is still things to play for, getting back and, and, and focusing and going? Yeah, we haven't really talked about it to this point either. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to start talking about it now. Um, we don't have any control over that. You know what I mean? So uh, that's the truth. The reality is, is what we can control, we can control. And that's, you know, our preparation and our performance. And we're going to try to do the best we can with the opportunities that we have remaining. And, you know, if we, if we do well with those, then, you know, we'll see what, you know, what, what sorts out, you know, but um, I think that's so far away from us now. And I think really what we've got to do is, you know, take the corrections from the film today, try to do the best we can with those. And then, 
um, you know, take a little bit of time and give them some rest, a little recovery time here for our bodies. You know, playing three games in 12 days is never easy for them. And, uh, and then trying to come back here next week with good energy and, you know, prepare for a game like we prepared all year. That's what we can control. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. All right, welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang with Case Kiefer, who's breaking it down all about what happened with the Raiders and their loss at SoFi Stadium to the Rams. And, of course, looking ahead a little bit, uh, we talked about the secondary there. Well, you did it. <laughs> Anyhow, about the secondary and the defense and what this team could use. Do you feel like at this point they activate Renfro and Waller if they are healthy? I know you mentioned getting Waller more involved in the red zone. Is it time to put them back on the roster or do you kind of shelve them and wait for the season to be over and get them to full health? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and very interesting. I just still kind of feel like they will uh, activate them as long as they're healthy. Um, I, I just have, a, I have a real strong sense that we'll see Darren Waller um, as you are, haven't been around these last few weeks. I, I've seen him around and it seems like he's kind of anxious to get back out there, probably eager out to get back out there more the right word. It uh, seems like he's doing a lot better. I haven't really seen much of Hunter Renfro, so I don't know what his status is. I'm sure we'll be hearing more later in the week, but um, you know, even though neither of us, it sounds like, are expecting them to go on a big run or, or have much of a chance to get to the postseason at this point, I still think you want to get a, a glance at what this offense could look like at almost full strength. And I, I think if those two guys are healthy, it gives you a chance to do that and have, uh, you know, another point of evaluation going into the offseason. So if they're healthy, uh, personally, I say play them. What do you think about this upcoming game at Allegiant against the Patriots? Uh, it was flexed into daytime, so no longer a primetime game. Uh, if you had to just kind of give a general game plan, what do you think this offense will look like coming out on the opening drive? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I feel like a lot of these games where we say Devontae Adams has been under underutilized, like we yeah. both did uh, earlier in the show, we see the next week like an overcorrection where they're just throwing a Devont to Devontae um you know damn the <laughs> torpedoes every ball is going towards him for a while so i wouldn't be surprised if that happened again uh, we'll have to see how effective it is um it's kind of gone both ways uh, in previous games this season and the patriots do have a really good pass defense um it's the strength of their team is their defense so i'm sure they're going to be scheming against Devonte adams but I, I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of balls thrown his way early if i had to guess and just 
as you take a, t- uh, a chance to think about the coaching matchup, you know, I, I know we've seen this one already in preseason, but how much different do you think it'll be now that it's in the regular season? And both of these teams are still kind of playing for something, though their chances, like we said, are a lot more diminished than you'd think. But, you know, going head to head right now, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, maybe this could be a big turning point for Josh McDaniels. I think if you're trying to make the optimistic view, um, I know he said he's trying to do things his own way and not the Patriots way. But then, you know, you really detail what he's trying to do or what he says he's trying to do on a week to week basis. And it really sounds Belichickian to me. You know, he's trying to take away uh, certain things on the on the other side's best team. He's trying to, you know, make the game plan to attack weaknesses. And just the words they use, it sounds a lot like Belichick. Uh, to me, I think you saw in training camp and in the first preseason game, the Raiders really got the best of the Patriots in just about every uh, instance. It's kind of made me, I think, two down on the Patriots this year where they've still been decent. We'll see how they do on Monday Night Football. Um, I, I still think it's a pretty evenly matched game. I mean, I know you're seeing a, a pick em line, but um, I'm not as comfortable with Josh McDaniels as Bill Belichick, and that's just uh, how it's going to be with, with a coach that's been that good. So uh, maybe Josh McDaniels, maybe the the master uh, student thing you were talking about, maybe if he takes him down here, he gets a little more confidence and can uh, make better decisions and uh, kind of kind of feel better about his, his game day uh, decisions going forward. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. All right, Case, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Let everybody know where they can find you on social media and what you have coming out in print or online soon. Yeah, just at Case Kiefer. Um, lots of uh, Raider stuff, as as always, this week. Uh, really busy week here in Las Vegas. Looking forward to it with the, the Las Vegas Bowl, uh, starting a bowl season. So a whole lot going on this week, and uh, looking forward to being around for as much as possible. Thanks again to my guest, Case Kiefer, for joining me here on the show today. That'll wrap up our edition of Takeaways. Make sure to check out all that we're doing on VegasNation.com, from our Blitz shows to our game day show. Also, we have three podcasts every week for you from first and 10 to unsportsmanlike conduct this show as well as the post game edition so check all of those out by hitting subscribe thank you again everyone so much for listening i'll be back next week vegas get in on the sports betting action and get on the stn sports app with 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit.